Eco Money on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Eco Money on Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly. Now, Asia's wealth management revenue is expected to reach $90 billion by 2025. Well, that's as private banking in Asia is expected to display significant growth in the coming years as the number of ultra-high net worth individuals in the region increases. Now, this is all according to the latest report by WWF Singapore, that's the Worldwide Fund for Nature Singapore. The Nature Group states that it's therefore more relevant than ever to stress the importance of sustainable practices in private banking and wealth management. To dive deeper into how private banks in Singapore are currently positioned, WWF conducted a pilot study of seven private banks. The study found that five out of the seven private banks integrate sustainability into their private banking activities with commitments and objectives such as meeting a set of sustainable development goals. And all seven private banks have made public commitments in line with their objectives of the Paris Agreement to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees at the group level. And there is, of course, demand from clients. Nearly half, or 49% to be exact, of high net worth individuals under the age of 40 are interested in sustainable investments. And while 50% is no doubt a positive number given increasing climate conversations, should we have expected it to be higher? Akshat Garg, Assistant Vice President, Asia Sustainable Finance at WWF Singapore, says progress continues. Whenever you're talking about any number, I think there are two ways to look at it, right? One is the quantum of investment and the second is the impact of investment. Yes, 50% is a good number. It's a positive number. And I think as we as the journey matures and as people know more and more and ESG becomes more and more critical to just investment as a, as a basic fundamental principle, this number is going to increase. And I think what we are also seeing, that especially amongst those who are under 40, these numbers are closer to 75 to 80%, depending on who's done the study, right? Uh, so I think those numbers are promising. They, of course, will increase. And I think what we really need to think of is the impact of these investments, right? High net worth individuals and family offices actually tend to have a lot of social capital, they are they they have bigger stakes, they have bigger voting percentage, let's say, in their investee companies, and that can basically really help move towards a more real world decarbonization from portfolio decarbonization. The other aspect to think of also for this fifty percent and more so how they are going to influence each other. This fifty percent, if they have ESG integrated, you can see because our study focuses on private banks. The understanding is that. This becomes stable stakes even for the banks themselves. Each bank will then talk to their clients, ask about their sustainability preference, do a ESD suitability test for them. And that is what may actually drive this number a lot higher. But while private banks are making commitments and clients are interested, the question is, how is all of this being executed? How are issues such as greenwashing being avoided? There are different ways to look at commitment right now. Within our study, we found that five out of the seven private banks have integrated, uh, whether it's SDGs or some sort of these commitments uh, with respect to sustainability uh, in their businesses. Uh, all the seven banks uh, that we uh, uh, that we studied, uh, 
they have made a commitment to the Paris Agreement to limit warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius, right? What is important to highlight here is that these commitments are at the group level. They're still not at the private banking level. Uh, so the way to look at it, that there are green shoots, uh, that there are commitments that banks are, and including private banks, are, are understanding the importance of sustainability in their business. Um, and then they're taking different steps to integrate it, right? Uh, for example, some private banks may have a dedicated oversight body or de dedicated planning body, right? While others may be expanding on their sustainability offerings uh, for their clients, right? And trying to increase the assets under management uh, for sustainability. Others may actually be focusing a lot more on uh, on client engagement and client education and ensuring that they provide information such as the uh, carbon footprint of their portfolio, right? So there are multiple ways in this uh, which uh, uh, banks are uh, integrating. Uh, the, the headline is that this is happening at the group level. There are green shoots and that gradually we will see this becoming more and more specific for private banks and the needs of the private banks within the organization. But what are the challenges for private banks when it comes to embracing sustainability? Well, WWF says that active engagement can be a key lever for catalyzing change. The challenges for private banking may actually be very, very different from other mm. pa other parts of the banking ecosystem, essentially because this is a client-driven and client-centric business, right? Uh, so what, what we really have to re uh, remember is that the client forms the heart of the private banking business. And I think that in itself, uh, if we look at it from both sides of the, of the coin, is that the capacity within private banks, as mm. well as uh, uh, the understanding of ESG considerations for the clients. This is an area where a lot more work needs to be done. Uh, so one, for the clients to ask the right questions and for the banks to then come back with the right answers is, is something that requires a lot of work and would be an area of focus. Uh, I think when we look at the, and within the study, if you look at the data, majority of the banks are not doing an ESG preference check for their clients, right? They're not doing, uh, any sort of uh, ESG suitability test at the time of onboarding. So there's that disconnect in a client-centric model. How do you understand the sustainability preferences or the ESG preferences of your client and then also engage with them, right? Uh, because uh, it's a journey, right? You have to engage with your clients, tell them why ESG risks are more significant or more material to their investments now. Uh, and to highlight this, this is something that is very, very important to remember that for a high net worth individual or family offices, uh, sustainability is at two aspects, right? One is the returns on their portfolio. It's the risk mm -hmm. return impact metric, but it's also intergenerational wealth. We are seeing the great wealth transfer in Asia and a family office or a high net worth individual also wants to make sure that that wealth is available for the next generation, where again, sustainability and ESG is a basic criteria. Uh, so I think this would be the key challenge, I would say, that capacity and uh, information, both from the bank side and the client side. To help banks along, WWF introduced the Sustainable Private Banking and Wealth Management Spring Framework. Spring comes on the back of other toolkits launched by the group over several years, such as SUBSA 2017, 
Respond 2019 for Asset Management and SUSREG 2020 for Central Banking and Financial Regulation. So Spring is is essentially a framework or a toolkit uh, that, as I said, the six P's of sustainability, it goes through the six P's, helps evaluate the bank uh, on where they are in their journey. Uh, this builds actually upon our two other frameworks for the banking industry, which is the SASPA, which is for commercial banks, and uh, the Respond visit, for, uh, which is for asset managers. And what we have tried to do is tailor it to the needs of the private banks. Uh, I think how this will help is for the banks to understand where they are in their journey, uh, to streamline their thought process around the sustainability as a journey. Of course, no framework is complete in itself. There are always more uh, things that you can consider. There are certain changes that you will have to make for your own context. Uh, but it's a it's a I, uh, it's a good starting point. Uh, and what it what we intend to do is to work with banks, to work with clients, and help them build this capacity. Uh, using Spring as a metric to understand where they are. Uh, for example, one of our key uh, roles is as capacity development and engagement uh, is the development of the Asia Sustainable Finance Initiative Academy, right? Now that academy has different kinds of courses. Some are sectoral, some are very general. We now have a new nature specific course coming out, which is an emerging risk, uh, which is a material risk for our part of the world. Uh, so I think this is where the spring framework will help you understand where you are and then you can engage with stakeholders in the industry. You can engage with uh, organizations like WWF in a more systemic manner and understand how those needs can be met. Going forward, Akshat Garg, who's Assistant Vice President to Asia Sustainable Finance at WWF Singapore, says banks have the potential to make a meaningful impact in advancing sustainability efforts by assisting clients with ESG-focused strategies, exercising delegated voting and engagement rights, as well as advocating for improved business practices within invested companies. I'm Rachel Kelly, and you've been listening to Eco Money here on Money FM 89.3. If you have any thoughts or comments on this segment, you can text us, drop me a message at 88550893. I'd love to hear from you.